Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. If you haven't already done so, please stow your bad vibes underneath the seat in front of you or in an overhead bin. Please take your seat and fasten your seatbelt. On behalf of Sham, Uptown Mike, and the entire crew, welcome aboard the Black Sand Podcast. Nonstop service from New York to Toronto, with our final destination being Abu Dhabi. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Thank you. All right, welcome back. Welcome back, man. Black Sand Podcast. It's been a long time, man. <laughs> corona, Corona yeah, slowed us down, huh? Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, uh, travel restrictions, uh, quarantines, all of that. But uh, it's, been a, it's been an interesting 2020, to say the least. You know, now we got uh, COVID. We had the BLM movement. Then we have uh, the presidential race. It's been impacting everyone. You know, what's crazy It's like people always talk about, oh, you're Canadian. Like, why do you care? It's like, I live in the Middle East. I'm your neighbor to the north. My, my paycheck is pegged to the U.S. dollar. Like, I, I shouldn't even have to explain why I have a vested interest in what's going on. Yeah. A lot of countries but, look on look into the U.S. politics and, you know, look to the U.S. for that leadership and that guidance, which I don't know. I think we might have <laughs> lacked for the past four years, but... <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right. Um, yeah, man. But let's get into it. Let's uh, let's hit, let's talk about COVID and um, how it's been impacting our expat community. You know, so you know, I'm in uh, I'm out here in Saudi Arabia, and um, when uh, when COVID hit in what March? You know, like we had it hit um, like March, March, February. Yeah. So yeah, about March, we had to deal with some strict. Uh, some strict lockdown procedures, you know, um, we had curfews, uh, mandatory masks and gloves in some stores. And um, it was crazy, you know, we had like, you know, 3000 cases at one point, but um, Mm -hmm. those uh, government issued um, procedures, they actually really helped uh, get this thing under control, you know? So uh, one thing about being out here is that uh, when the, the government speaks, the people listen, you know, so there's no uh, anti-mask uh, campaigns and all that. And just the fact that the citizens and, you know, the expats, we all bought in, I think that had a lot to do with getting this thing under control now. So right now uh, we're doing really well, in, in, you know, relative to the population size. Um, it's only a few hundred cases here and there. But, um, but you were there, you, you were locked down for how long? Like airport shut down, you couldn't go out your house. And what are some of the consequences if you went outside your house? Like, let's talk about that. So there, there's um, an extreme to it. There's an extreme, yours was probably like an extreme case, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, so for us, there was a, there was a curfew. You had to, um, there was, was a mobile curfew? app. I, I can't remember, maybe it was like, at one point it was 3 p.m. And then Damn. it got extended to 6 p.m. Yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, man, like you, you know, it's 3 p.m. So you just do what you gotta do before that time, you know. Uh, you know, uh, so you going inside, it's, it's light out. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's all relative. So I was I was living on the compound, so I don't have to be inside the doors on my compound. I just had to make sure I was back on the grounds before 3 p.m. So, um, and when you said compound, basically it's a gated community. You got exactly. A pool. So. You got what, yeah, tennis exactly. courts, all that stuff. So, so you're chilling. It's not. It's not like you inside. Yeah, yeah. The four walls of yeah. your house. You're just in your gated community. Yeah, we we got restaurants and all that stuff. So they were still making deliveries and all that. So, you know, dry cleaning, even though you didn't have nowhere to go, you know. But all those services were still available to me. Um, they did. They did add a request on the grounds though that. Uh, like if you go out for a night walk or whatever, you don't like do it in large groups, you know, just maybe you and your partner as opposed to you and like five people walking together. But um, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, at the time you, you didn't know what was really going on. So you just followed what was, to- what was explained to you and, um, and just follow so the rules. Kind what, of thing. Ha- what happened if you didn't, if you didn't, if you broke those rules? 
Well, so there's a you there's travel exceptions. So if you if you were working and um, you needed to that time to travel, uh, you would apply to this app, and then you would be granted a, an exemption. So if the police pulled you over, you just show them that no, I'm allowed to travel on this little on this app, or your company would provide a, a travel certificate. But um, if you didn't, that would be probably uh, what's what's a thousand dirhams? What's a thousand dirhams in U.S. dollars? Probably like what two hundred dollars, something like that, plus three hundred. Yeah. So yeah. So it'd be. I think it was like a, a, that would be the fine for the first time. And um, but it's also something where you know, like I said, not a lot of pushback. People just what, like what about jail time? You getting jail time or what? I I haven't no I don't it's, I don't think it's that I haven't heard of anything related to that I just heard of fines and um, if you were someone that was supposed to be outside and you didn't um, have your your certificate with you and you got fined then you can apply to get reimbursed later on but like I said for the most part you know um, they gave everyone's a, a heads up uh, they put it on on social media on newspapers and so everyone knew the rules kind of thing. And um, yeah, man, the, the city was like a ghost town. So, you know, people weren't leaving, um, weren't really outside and all that. But uh, like I said, for good reason. So, uh, you know, Saudi, Saudi Arabia is, a, so with Mecca, um, it's a really popular city for people to, um, to, to, to visit. And uh, although it doesn't like pop up on your top tourist destinations, but within the Middle East, a lot of countries do come through here. Not only that, but um, domestic workers. So uh, with all that happening, people were coming from all over the world and they had to try and limit the spread of Corona. And part of that was uh, the airport shutdown. So international flights were, were halted. You know, I was supposed to go out to Morocco. That didn't happen. Uh, and some of my coworkers that were abroad they weren't even they weren't able to get back into the country so um for months you know uh, yeah. so it's, it was a it was a crazy experience a lot of businesses suffered obviously just like everywhere in the world but uh you know alhamdulillah so you, everything's back on on track would, would you have rather been there for your quarantine or back home for your quarantine because you did manage to leave um saudi yeah. and go back to uh to the what what y'all call it the sixth side what they call Toronto? <laughs> Man, <laughs> only if you're, if you're born in like after 2000, you call it the sick side and all that stuff, man. I'm from the dot, you know? So, <laughs> okay, okay. But uh, yeah, I was able to, um, they had some, um, some special flights um, and they jacked the price up on those, you know? It was almost double, triple the price to get out, you know? So these are special flights out and you had to register from, with your embassy to get on them. And, um, me and my wife, we did that. So we, we went back to Toronto and um, yeah, when we got back to Toronto, we had to quarantine for 14 days. I didn't leave my house. Wait, wait, how was yeah. that now? Even in Toronto, quarantine for 14 days, was it enforced or did they just recommend that? You, you know the Canadian, yeah. you know the Canadian way, bro. It's just like, you know, honor system and all that, you know? Uh, oh, okay, okay. It, yeah, yeah so I don't work I, in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I know a lot of, like, for me, I just didn't want, you know, again, but this was July, and a lot of things that we don't know about, we still don't know that much about corona, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, I know I was going to be around my parents, and I didn't want that uh, responsibility and that guilt of potentially passing on this illness to, to anyone, so... Uh, my wife and myself, we we took the quarantine seriously, and we, we and your wife was out. pregnant at that time too. So yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So that was another thing. You know, we're on the uh, airplane. We had the Lysol out. The, you know, wiping down every everything that we could touch on the plane and all that. Kept our mask on and all that. You know, but uh, you know, so you know, we're all safe. We were safe. To, we followed the guidelines. We, you know, we did the good old Canadian thing. And uh, you know, it worked out for the for the best. But uh, coming back now, that was another story. Like, um, you know, like Saudi Arabia had a wait, rule wait, so initially. I, wait, before you go into that, when I come back, let, let me get into then over here, my initial start and all that. 
Oh yeah, so that's right, that's right. So yeah. you, when did you when did you leave for New York? So I left prior to end of March from New York, and before yeah. I left, the UAE already kind of did the shutdown and all that, um, where it was basically I was working from home for about um, for the whole month I, I believe, like early March, working from home. And then this was the time when everybody, every country was like, yeah, let's just shut down for two weeks and everything will be okay. We'll get back to normal, you know? But um, being out here and being out here solo, man, it was, it was tough, man. It was like, damn, like what's really going on, you know? Um, and they locked it down, but to, to um, what is it? Give, giving credit to UAE, they did a great job. And that's why it's important to have that leadership, that leadership at the top level kind of directing all the Emirates and giving them procedures and things like that. And honestly, what, like, I didn't even take the virus that serious because over here it was kind of like normal. It was like, hey, everybody stay <laughs> inside, you know, don't go out, social distance. And everybody listened. Um, and to be honest with you, it was like, I go to a supermarket, you had all the supplies there. The toilet tissues yeah. there, the food. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold masks, up. masks, everything. What? Hold up a second though, because you guys had you guys had um you guys had um corn you guys had curfews out there too. And I wasn't I there remember for that. that. I wasn't I wasn't there. Oh, okay. For that, so oh, you it. gotta tell you. Oh, so you gotta let everyone know. Yeah, you making I'm it sound like it was so it. No. super sweet over there. It was. When, no, when, when, the, in the beginning, it was, it was super sweet. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you when I knew I had to get up out of here. <laughs> so in the beginning, <laughs> it was like you know there was there was no curfews, but it was just social distance don't go into work, stay away. And for me, I'm just, you know, I'm just hanging out in my building, pool, go for a run, go to the supermarket, kind of enjoying it, but it's kind of like, all right, you can't really go out like that. So whatever. But I knew when it was time for me to get out, um, when I got an email from the embassy saying uh, the UAE is going to shut down the airports and all that. And if you want to get out, now's the time to, book your okay. um, book your flights and i had some some family things i had to take care of back home as well so it was like you know is it just going to be for two weeks or should i go now you know just due to some family issues that i had to handle so i'm not so then so i ended up like okay i seen this i was literally on the last flight out out to new york and um and they were shutting down the airport and um, for me, still got on the flight, wiping everything down. The flight was kind of empty, had a whole road to myself and um, landed in JFK. JFK, no temperature checks, no nothing. Oh, I was in and out of JFK. And if you know, that's one of the busiest airports yeah. um, in the US. I was in and out in 20 minutes, like no checks, no uh, nothing. But I, like I said, I was at my, um, my mother's older too. So I was afraid of getting her sick. Yeah, start. Right. I, I get in front of my building or in front of my door, take off all my clothes, get in the house, shower and all that. The first five to probably eight days or week, I would say, like I was just in my room because I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go out and, you know, be around my mother. I didn't hug her or anything just to not get it. But then after like a week, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm straight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have nothing. And so it was just totally different. So, you know, got the friends over here. I'm speaking to you. You're still in Saudi at that point. Yeah, I have the curfews and all that. And the states is just wild. It's like you have some states, you got Florida, Atlanta, it's just open. You still got the club, smoking shisha, strip yeah. clubs are even open. Um, New York kind of shut down, but honestly, it was a beautiful time in New York as far as like, you know, like I was working from abroad still, you know, thankfully got a great job working from abroad. And it was like, you know, right. this really taught me like, you know, families, everything. So just spending time with the family, restaurants are delivering, uh, New York changes the law. So now you can drink out in public. So it's like get a bottle of wine and it's the summertime, eat, eat with your friends out in the parks and all that. It was kind of beautiful. I, I, I'm not gonna yeah. lie, you know? Yeah, but it wasn't sweet for everyone, man. I saw those little, in, in those parks, those little social bubbles that were drawn on there, but on the other side of town, you know, dudes hanging outside their block just getting harassed by the police, you know? Yeah, that was that was, that was very unfortunate. So that, that did go down. <laughs> and of course, you know, like, you know, um, it, was a, it was a summer where it was a lot of unrest in the States and all that. I participated 
um, and a couple of marches myself, you know, for Black Lives Matter. So, and, you know, interesting enough, like I, I've said this to a couple of people, but this was the, I would say, you know, coming back to the States for this long, um, I felt black again. Like I felt what it feels like to be a black American, which wasn't good. You know what I mean? And, and out here, not to say I, I don't think I'm black or whatever, but I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just to yeah, clear it up, to, clar- to clarify, <laughs> it's out, out here, you don't get the racism as much as not in your face. So you're just like, everybody's human. You know, we're just people all trying to strive and make a better life for ourselves, so, make money and have a <laughs> and have a better just lifestyle. You know, like you don't like that. that that's what I meant. And so, just, so, basi- so basically <laughs> out in the UAE, nobody sees color, huh, Mike? I know what you mean, bro. I'm just giving you a hard time. To be a black man abroad in the UAE or for most places to be a black American, if you're educated with a great job, you're not really seeing that racism in your face. You kind of forget about it, you know? Yeah, and then, so. you know, I, I'll, I'll I co-sign. Say something, I, I'll co-sign. I'm going to hold I'll co-sign. I co-sign because, you know, you. I think everyone knows what you mean. It's hard, it's hard to explain without coming off as ignorant, but, I mean, exactly. it's the reality of it, you know? It's like when you're home, you're black first, you know? Exactly. Uh, so it's just, you know, but... Um, when you're in the UAE, in the Middle East, you don't feel that. You don't feel. It's not to say that it doesn't exist, but you don't feel that way. You know, when you walk oh. into a store, when you interact with someone for the first time, it's not like this person is judging me. You know, exactly. Or I would say that even like I would say the the, the negative stereotypes, you know, which come with it when you're in America. Oh, you're a black male with tattoos, like. All the ne- negative stereotypes that are coming with that is, is there. Where here, if you're if you're Black American, Black Canadian, it's good stereotypes that come with that, you know. So, yeah, yeah. As soon, as soon as I say I'm Canadian, it's like, oh yeah, hey, you know, because yeah. <laughs> everyone everyone wants to like move over there. It's, exactly. It's, uh, it de- it's definitely a way that um, their guards even let down even further. But uh, mm. just so everyone knows, it's not the same for. For everyone, you know, like our brothers from Africa, they don't experience the same thing that we're mentioning now. So we'll just put that disclaimer there that we we actually talked about on the last episode as well. You know, when I mentioned passport privilege. All right. So so here we are. You're back. at So, you know, just to make make it seem you made it made Saudi seem like it was crazy for our lockdown procedures and all that. But I remember in the UAE, it was it was it was pretty strict. You know, like you guys had, um, you guys had to apply with an app to go to the store and they had to grant you permission. They gave you a a certain time that you had to be back in and out, you know, and they had what you had, the app was uh, like a tracker at at one point as well too, right? Yeah. So even, so I can't speak about that time, but even um, now that I'm, now that I'm back in the UAE, I would say, and I would say it's for the good because honestly, I don't have that same worry of when I'm back in the States about catching Corona and I actually caught Corona back home and all that. Yeah. That was a, I feel like I'm the, I'm the, I'm the COVID expert now. Cause I've seen all <laughs> type of facets of it from, I caught it. My mother caught it as well. And all the symptoms that people say like, Oh, do you have trouble breathing fever? This and that that's all out the window. When I had COVID, I never had any fever or anything like that. I never had trouble breathing. Um, I was just fatigued. I felt like a car hit me. You know, my body was sore. Um, and at first, like, you know, the up, I would say I had it for about seven days. And like the first stages of it, I thought I had allergies. Like I was like, yeah, I got allergies. Right. Like, you know, nothing's wrong. And then it hit me like a train wreck. And for five days, I was like, I couldn't even move, you know? Yeah. And so after that, that, that last day, like the seventh day or something, I just got better instantly. And then the, honestly, yeah. in the US was so horrible. Like I got my results back after I started feeling good. Then I got the results back. <laughs> and it explained, it was like, oh, I had Corona, no wonder, you know? Oh, but- um, that's, that's terrible. Yeah. And then people, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you're young, you're gonna recover, this and that. Like I know people that are young and that were healthy that passed away and all that. So don't take it too lightly. 
Um, then my mother, she caught Corona and she was out of it for like a month. And it was, it was almost scary where I thought, you know, I was going to lose her. Like she had like temporary confusion and, and all that. She was, she had some breathing problems, which wasn't detectable until I got this, um, this device, shout out to McKinson. That's the name of the device. It checks like your oxygen levels. I put that on her, her oxygen level was at an 80, called the uh, ambulance immediately and they took her in. She was in the hospital for about um, four days. They were giving her oxygen. She had COVID pneumonia. And then thank God, like she was able to recover from that. She came out and then now she's back hundred percent, you know? And then yeah. I was yeah, I mean confident. I was confident. I was like, oh, I got the fresh antibodies. She got the fresh <laughs> antibodies. No vaccine for us. Last week, I just checked. I don't have any antibodies in me anymore. And then my mother, she still has antibodies and she has a lot of them. I think like on the scale, she had like number 54 or something like that, which is, which is beautiful. So, you know, yeah. but I'm, I'm back to like, I never had it. Yeah. So, so what about uh, transit? Well, how was working abroad? You know, how that, how was that? Cause you know, the time zone difference and all that stuff. Um, was your workplace forgiving if you slept in and missed a Zoom meeting? You know, how, how did that go? <laughs> I mean, so I, honestly, so from working abroad, so it's what? It's like an eight-hour difference, time difference. So at 12 o'clock, I'm signing into work, or 1, 1 a.m., I'm signing into work, and then I finish at, 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 at 10 a.m., you know? And a lot of people be like, oh, that's hard, that's hard, which it is hard. I'm not taking it lightly. But then when you think about the times, it's a pandemic. When I think about, um, you know, my mother, which she worked the overnight shift as a single mother working at the post office and all that. It's like, damn, you did this for 30 years. Like salute off, salute, all salute to you. You know, hats off to you for making that sacrifice. But for me, for that time being during that period, I needed to be home. I needed to be with family. So it was fine. And it was like, I actually got my work done while everyone was sleeping. And then I don't sleep much anyway, you know, no, like I'm team no sleep. So basically mm -hmm. like, so I'll take like a three hour nap or something like that. And then I have the whole day to like spend with my niece, spend with friends, spend with family. And it, it was actually cool. I felt like a New Yorker just like chilling because like the actual daytime and clubs are closed anyway, or like nightlife. And I don't even go to clubs anymore, but that whole night scene. So it's like the daytime I'm free to just like really enjoy New York of what I can, like just going out to the parks, doing a lot of nature hikes and things like that. Yeah, going for walks, hanging out. Yeah, I saw, I saw some of that just chilling on the stoop too, right? So. Nah, not yeah, chilling so. on the stoop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm chilling on the stoop. So did it kind of like change your perspective about like how long you want to spend uh, working abroad, you know, like being home for that amount of time? Man, I, I went through a circle of emotions, you know, I mean, a, a cycle of emotions, I would guess, or a roller coaster, better yet, because it was more so like, at some points, I'm like, man, this is beautiful, like, I want to be with family and all that. And then at certain points, it's like, man, I can't be a black man living in America under, <laughs> oh, under this administration, you know? Um, yeah. And then at certain points, it's like, man, I left the light, I, I missed the lifestyle, like, I was staying in my mom's place and it was like, you know, a cramped two bedroom apartment. <laughs> and in Abu Dhabi, yeah. I got my own two bedroom apartment, got the pool, got the gym, got my car. I'm like, right, right. I gotta get back. So it was a lot of just emotions and all that. But um, during this time when a lot of people are, you know, losing their jobs and all that and um, need to take time off of work and all that, it just, it just made me now bunker down and like, hey, I gotta clear off some of this debt I got let me look at my portfolio. Where can I shift around my, my real estate portfolio, um, my stocks, and also bring in some additional sources of income. So it made me hunker down in that because it's like you can't really depend on a job because you could get let go at any time. Thankfully, I right, did. Right. It's more so I got to be prepared for anything, you know, more so for, for myself, for my family, that I could just be able to just live free and not just depend on one check. Yeah, multiple streams of income. That's definitely the way to do it. Yeah, my wife and myself, we, we went kind of through the same kind of thing. And we um, we decided that we definitely need a base in Toronto. So uh, by next summer, we'll probably look for something where 
we can um, expand and kind of have her mother live. Like we'll just look for a house. That way yeah. when we go visit, you know, uh, as a family, we have this one central spot to to kind of to hang out in. So, okay, you that know, is, just that is you and her place. Her mother's kind of looking after her, but it's big enough for when you come. It's like, all right, we're home. Yeah, exactly, exactly. On people so, and all that. Exactly, exactly. So, like, similar to you, it's just like, well, you know, um, obviously my parents' place is pretty big, but you know, it's it didn't. It's hard to have a feeling that it's ours, you know, when you know everyone else is there too. So, um, but also, you know, you know how I feel about real estate; it's a great investment, and we're looking at it from that from that perspective as well. You know, currently her mom rents, so if we look for something that we can own, yeah. and her mom could live in, then obviously it's a win win for everyone, you know. So, um, we definitely, um, it, you know, the the whole situation similar to you made us uh, reevaluate our our plans and um, just kind of put the battery in our back and kind of you know take a more aggressive outlook and uh, you know so we'll be making some more aggressive moves in 2021 yeah. but uh, coming back now so coming back now how is it getting out of America to co- get back to the Middle East man to get out of the US to get back into the Middle East so I think we was on everyone's kind of shit list, shit list because we're not allowed in Europe. Is is Canadians black from going to enter in Europe or what? No, we we follow rules, bro. Like oh, we're, so we're not we're not. Like, <laughs> our, man, our, we can't go our, nowhere. Like, you know, our, only place that's really taken us is like Cancun and the Caribbean. But, yeah, yeah, Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I mean. Like you, you mentioned it earlier, right? It starts at the top. So if you're um, if your leader is out here uh, denying the true impact of COVID, and you know not ta- not exercising you know the protocols that the, you know that these these doctors are suggesting, simply just wearing a mask, things like that, then of course like these countries are going to look at you guys sideways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so that's what they definitely did. Like, so I don't know. <laughs> yo, I can't tell you how many times I got rejected because honestly, if it was up to me um, in a perfect world, to, to be honest with you, in a perfect world, what I what was the conclusion for me is I would love to live abroad and in the States, just half a year. So for the spring and <laughs> summertime, if I could live in the States, that would be amazing. And then as soon as it starts to get cold, like around... This time, actually, end of October, November, let me move back out here. Um, but my job was really pushing me to come back. To, they wanted me in the country. So I was like, okay, um, it's time for me to get back. I handled some business that I had there. And then I'm um, just applying to, I probably got rejected like probably five, or ten, five to 10 times anywhere in between that. That's crazy. And to enter in the UAE. So, but once That's I got approved. Yeah, it was, but it was like once I got approved, um, well, you take a COVID test and it has to be valid for 48 for 96 hours and just hop on a plane and that's it. And then, oh, the thing is coming over here, they're really just diligent on, you got to download an app that is attached to your phone. So um, it tracks you and like, you know, being in quarantine for for 14 days and all that, you know? So it was... It was it was really it was really tough, you know. So yeah, we had, we had the same that, situation, and it's like literally like not going anywhere. Like it's fourteen days. <laughs> do not leave your house. Not even hanging out in my building. So it was it was tough. Um, so I did that, and then um, yeah, it was it was it was interesting. And then even still now, the rules is like so. I live in Abu Dhabi to go to Dubai. If I go to Dubai. I have to have three COVID tests. One to enter, that's valid for 48 hours. Then every fourth day, I have to test. So on the fourth day, coming back to Abu Dhabi, have to have a COVID swab. On the eighth day, I have to have a COVID swab as well. So. And, yeah, and is that covered by, or is that straight out of pocket? So for my insurance, so not many people um, out here have insurance that covers it. But fortunately, um, my insurance does cover it. So it's, it's free for me. Yeah, so is, is, it a, is it a mouth swab or you got the nose thing? No, the nose swab. I've probably been swabbed in my nose probably like 30, <laughs> 30, 
30 times, no <laughs> lie. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. But uh, so, I, I mean, uh, so wait, w- was it in Dubai that you have to wear the wrist, uh, the wristband? Oh, in Africa? Abu Dhabi. No, Abu Dhabi, you got to get the wristband. So, yep. Had the wristband and all that. Um, and it tracks you. Like, literally, you can't go nowhere. So, now, yeah, when so. you say wristband, are we talking about like an ankle monitor, but basically on your like how <laughs> describe the wristband? Is, is it like yeah, the, lift- the wristband? Well, the wristband looks like a watch. So yes, yeah, okay, ankle, yes, ankle monitor, but it's basically a watch that you can't take off. Like once they clamp it on you, you can't take it off. Oh, it's it's real. Okay, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's real. It's real, and the consequences. I think if you violate it, you have to pay a fifty thousand dirham Jeez. fine, which. How much is that? Yeah, I don't even want to do the calculation, but that's a yeah, lot of that's money. Crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. What, there's, but now uh, the UAE, they have a vaccine. Yeah, right? the UAE, they do have a vaccine. Um, I know a couple people that's been taking a vaccine. Um, I don't know if they've, uh, and it's in phase three. So um, I think they're giving it to like, uh, they're offering it to a lot of the frontline workers, um, yeah. a lot of the army personnel. So I, I know a couple of people that have taken it and they said they feel fine. I don't know if they've purposely put themselves in harm, danger into like a COVID situation to say it actually works, but they're fine. Right. And it just eases things up for them while they're here. So with the vaccine, they could come in and out. There's no border checks for them. They don't have to quarantine or anything yeah. because they took the vaccine. I, I was looking at some of the, uh, the, the restrictions because I was looking at possibly going back to the UAE for Christmas. And like one of them, it was like, if you got the vaccine, if you're a volunteer for that, then um, you, they called it, um, a, a, you have a smooth journey. You can take the, uh, the uh, emergency uh, lanes and all that. So you don't got to worry about stopping over, getting pulled over, doing the swab and then getting back on the road type of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I know, I know it's interesting because well, well, I know honestly, a lot of people if, said if that. I, if I were you, if you're going to come back, uh, the best way to answer is through Dubai. Dubai doesn't yeah, have I've, quarantine rules. Yeah, so like I was that. I was in Dubai. I was in Dubai. So I didn't I didn't even let you know my crazy story about coming back. So uh, in 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 Toronto right now, it is it is like COVID testing. Um, it's 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 difficult to get a test. Like there's a crazy backlog. Really. And the difficulty is yes, it's uh, the difficulty is a lot of these countries. They require your test to be done uh, within 48 hours or 72 hours. So Saudi Arabia initially was 48 hours. So that it was just impossible for me to get a COVID test in Toronto uh, because it takes three to five days to get the results back. So it didn't really fit the timelines at all for me. Ew, that's good. Yeah, I yeah. kind of slacking on that. So we've we've gotten better. And the U.S. was horrible at first. Like, it was like 10 days, yeah. seven days to get it back. But now you can get your results back in like 48 hours. Uh, yeah, so that's, yeah, but um, for us, it's not the case. I mean, for, the other thing is like, I, I don't know if it means, if it means anything, but, um, you know, we don't, we don't pay for the tests, you know, that's covered by the government. But, um, yeah, they definitely need to speed up the, uh, the process because, you know, obviously, if someone's sick, if they're, if they're asymptomatic, um, they could be spreading the disease until they know that they got the results back. But uh, in terms of travel, it was difficult to, um, it was, well, it was next to impossible to get the, uh, your results back within 48 hours and get on the plane. Uh, you, so Saudi, they changed it and they, uh, they changed it to 72 hours. So that gave me enough of a window where I can really, um, when I went to the clinic, I said, look, I got to travel by this date. And they were able to give me the results in, in time. Now, here's where the issue is. Uh, it's all, it, it's actually, it just comes down. Remember, I'm in education, right? So it comes down to wording and interpretation. Yeah. Now, on, on the website, it says you must produce a negative test within 72 hours of the start of your journey. Right. So I'm like, okay, boom. I know my, my flip. Yeah. So I know that my test is not. So if I get it on Wednesday, I fly on Friday, I'm within that 72 hours. Right. So mm-hmm. the testing by all, by all indications of the actual wording on the website and all the policies that the, uh, that they read at the counter, they're like, no, you're good. 
it doesn't matter because even though you might land after 72 hours in Saudi Arabia, um, you had the test done within the first 72 hours at the start of your leg. So that was the interpretation that I had and that everyone had at the Toronto airport. Now I'm transit, I'm transiting through Dubai, I'm transiting mm-hmm. through Dubai. So I got, I got an hour, I got an hour and a half to catch my flight. I go to the counter. He's just like, yeah, your test is expired. I was just like, yeah, I know, but it wasn't expired when I got from Toronto. Like I just got here. So it's not like I went out to eat or whatever. I just got <laughs> off the plane. I walked downstairs. It's like, no, but honestly in the plane, that's where you might catch. Yo, it's, it's crazy that there is though, but. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. But in the plane, you probably nah, could have caught it. No, that's not how it works, though. Like that's 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 a myth. So there's there's a study that showed like you, you, the, the likelihood of catching it on the plane isn't very high. Regardless, now mm-hmm. I'm like, look, I understand what you're saying. However, look at your actual policy. So the thing is, the policy changed um, in the first week in October. So I was thinking that this guy just didn't see. The fact that I thought he was still one hung up on the fact that it's 48 hours and not 72 hours. But number two, the fact that on the, the website, it says for when you depart. So I said, like, look at this. It says when you depart for your flight. And he said, no, nah, it matters about when you land. So we're going back and forth. And I'm just like, yo, I know this is not going to happen. So luckily, you know, I'm from the UAE. I hit my man Kalen up and I was just like, yo, I'm stuck out here. Uh, they said, yeah, we'll put you on the next flight tomorrow night. So um, I hit my man up. He came and picked me up. And, you know, what was funny. It was like I just walked out of the airport. Like there was no screening, no temperature checks, no nothing. I just walked out. Wait, wait, the, did you get the co- wait, did you get the COVID test? Um, you got it. Yeah. The so I got mm-hmm. so I, so in in Dubai, in departures, there's a clinic and you can get the you can get um, your your uh, a COVID test there. So I initially said, cool, let me just do the test here. There's a hotel in the, in the departures. Let me just go get a room packed, lounges packed. Like I couldn't even just chill out there for the night, you know? So luckily, like I said, I got my boy. Uh, he came to pick me up and uh, we hung out for the day. Heading back now, uh, I, got, I got two different stories. The clinic told me that my results will be registered to my ticket. When I go get my ticket at the counter, then they'll see that you have negative testing and they'll let you through and you're good to go. Mind you, I don't know anything about what's going on. So I'm just like, yeah, cool. You know, I'm yeah, just listening to you. Yeah, I get there and now. Sh- and it's like, yeah, it, 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 they're like, yo, how, they're like, how is, it's like, they're like, how is that supposed to work? How's that supposed to work? How are we supposed to see your ticket? I was like, yo, I don't know, man. Like I'm the, I'm the customer here. I'm just following what you guys are saying. Uh, well, we didn't say that, you know, all this back and forth. And I mean, it was crazy that like, you know, you know, you, you would think sometimes that people in the customer service world will keep the cool head and like try to fix the problem. But I found myself be like, all right, Muhammad, let's calm down. Like, how can we solve this? You know, I'm out here trying to keep them <laughs> level headed to get through this. It was, it was crazy. So um, the solution was I asked him, you know, just radio your man on the other side of the gate, ask him to go up to the clinic. Here's my information. Let them verify that it's a negative test. If it's a negative test, then print my ticket out. Cause the issue is if he prints my ticket and I, if I can't get the certificate, then there's 100% no refunds. At that point, I didn't care. Right. I was just like, I know I don't got COVID. Let me just go get my ticket. But he was just like, no, we got to make sure whatever. So anyways, that was the solution. Had his man run upstairs to the clinic. They said, yeah, your certificate's there. Printed my ticket, went through. But it was just like back and forth, back and forth with this nonsense. So, you know, when I landed in Saudi, um, it's a seven-day quarantine. So you have, you, they give you a few options. Yeah, they give you a few options, actually. So uh, the option that they gave me was a seven-day quarantine or after two days, you can go get a P- PRC test. And if it's negative, then you can go about your business, you know? So um, I was, I took, I just did the seven days. I was tired of, I had, I had well, a total of- do the, um, do, the, do the PRC, PCR. Man, I had a total of like five canceled flights and like I had like five tests that I had to do for these flights. I was tired of getting jabbed up my nose, bro. I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna chill out, you know? 
I was working online, so it didn't really, I didn't really see the need to um, go do the test and then go to work right away. Especially I had a weekend in there. It was just like, and I wasn't mobile either. So I was like, I'm not going to go take a taxi to go through this drive-through test. I'm just going to sit down for the seven days. And I, you know, I, I let work they actually, they, tra- like, they track you? Yeah. So there's an app you got to download and uh, every, every day, like something pops up and they ask about your symptoms and then you confirm and um, say, yeah, I don't got this. And it's just a checklist kind of thing. So um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't test the app out. You know, I didn't like, try to go to McDonald's and shit to see if this thing was following me or not. But uh, I just stayed at home. You know what I mean? Uh, Had the food delivered outside the door and all that. Um, And it was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty easy, you know, out here, uh, out here now it's, it's uh, people are still, uh, people are still kind of, um, you know, aware of the whole COVID thing. We try to limit the, a lot of content, uh, contact lists, payments and interactions is, is still uh, is still going on here. And, you know, uh, they got the numbers down. So they got the numbers down. It's, it's in a, I feel like if they continue this way, that very soon it'll be eradicated because of um, how uh, the government was actually handling it. So January 1st is when they'll open up international flights, just like normal mm-hmm. out here. Yeah. yeah, and they just opened like, up. Is it, is it back um, to like tourists and all that? Like, like I could get out there. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you, tourists can apply for visas, um, but uh, you know, I would say just a hold hold off for a little bit. Let the city open up a little bit more. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Mecca is open. Mecca's open again. Uh, there's a there's a cap. There's a cap on the amount of people inside. And um, they take it very serious. Like you, you can't, you can't be pulling down your mask and leaving it on your chin when you're in there, because they got people watching, and it's a thousand dollar fine, a thousand dirham fine. So it's like that two fifty, if you have your 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 face mask on your chin, you know. And they also kind of limit, they kind of limit the movement within Mecca as well. Um, you know, they just don't, they don't want an outbreak to happen there, you know, because they don't want the whole thing to get shut down. But you know. I, I, you know, it, it's smart to take like these little baby steps to make sure that um, instead of just kind of opening up. So that's what I experienced in Toronto. I felt like they kind of opened everything up too quickly. Uh, restaurants, bars, um, wedding ceremonies. We saw have uh, saw spikes, and uh, some. What else was it? There's uh, some outbreaks because of some weddings. You know, uh, schools obviously. You, uh, that's inevitable back home. That yeah. you know. Schools are going to be like a, a place to spread that stuff. In Saudi Arabia right now, the schools are still virtual. Um, it's tough. It's tough, you know, like there's the the social aspect of, of school, right? You know, kids interacting with each other, just playing and all that stuff. And, you know, globally, this isn't something that's just limited to the Middle East, right? But globally, this is something that I feel might um, have a little bit of lingering effects for the kids. In terms of like education, bro, like... We, uh, you, you're from you're from New York. I'm from Toronto. We've seen people with come from refugee backgrounds, and you know, just demonstrate resilience. They've been in these camps for you know two years, and they come out to be you know some from some for doctors or lawyers. You know, so I'm not really uh, worried about you know this what this year might mean to them academically. It's more so like their, the the well being aspect of what's going on with them. Yeah. How would uh what is it? Are you getting the vaccine when it comes out? Nope. <laughs> I'm good on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm good on that. So uh, I'm straight. You know, the other thing is, though, like I was curious to see, um, because uh, I'm in education, is it going to be something that's kind of mandated on me because of my interaction with the public? Yeah, you know, exactly. I don't, I don't know how comfortable I feel about that, you know? So if, um, if it is mandated on you. Yeah, we'll, are, we'll, are you, we'll cross. I, yeah, okay. Yeah, because I was going to say... We'll cross that, that bridge like when we come to it, but I mean... Yeah. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but like currently, like, I don't... I, do you get the flu shot? No, I never got the flu shot. Why not? You know the history, man. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same... The same. So why don't you explain the history, Mike? So why are you so... Uh, man, why not, you so, that's, uh, <laughs> that's for another... That's for another... And I don't even want to mix up things, but there's a lot of history with, like... Oh, uh, okay. So it might be the okie doke, huh? The US. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm not with that. 
yeah, so I mean, the reservations come, they, they, they are warranted based on history. I guess exactly. it's the safest yeah. thing to say. So yeah. that's why it's like, um, I'm cool on that right now. I, I haven't had the flu shot uh, myself. You know, the other thing though, having a newborn, um, then it's like, shoot, now that kind of like, should I get the flu shot? Because I could potentially get the flu and spread it to, I mean, everyone, you and I have gotten the flu before, right? We know what to do, bed, you know, stay, I mean, I've, stay I've in the bedroom, the flu get the OJ. I have you really gotten the flu? Because I thought I had the flu until I had the flu. And that gym is crazy. <laughs> to be honest, man, like I have I, I can't remember, you know, it's if I had it, it's probably like years ago, decades ago, man. But um you had it, you yeah, it's been uh tears, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, but uh definitely uh definitely you know having a having a kid definitely kind of shifts uh, you're thinking a little bit. So now it's like, I'm protecting him if I get the flu shot, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like the, the thought process that I have now. It's just like, maybe, maybe I will get it. Maybe I won't get it. I don't know. Yeah. So how, how's your confidence level on traveling? Cause I know myself, like I'm a traveler, I'm itching to go somewhere. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of not that, um, I'm kind of over COVID as far as that fear is concerned because <laughs> yeah. I know what it can do. I, I I went through it. I got over. I know it's serious, but I'm at the point is like you still have to live life. You know what I mean? We can't we can't stay cooped up in the houses forever. So I'm as long and and I'm not and I'm with the let's take precautionary measures. But man, I got the itch to travel. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so, but you, yeah. you can't kind of see that as like a selfish mentality though, because you're really putting yourself above everyone else's safety because you could potentially be the carrier of something right to another region. So that's how I kind of look at it. Of course, you know, me, uh, you know, we both travel, but, um, making me seem, I, like, seem like the bad guy now. <laughs> I don't know, but Amer there's a reason why Americans, America's blocked out here, right? You know, you know what I mean? Like, you guys, Yo, so I'm when, when does it? So when does it end, though? Yo, when does it I'm end? Just saying, it ends with the uh, vaccine. Yeah. And then a lot of so, people aren't taking the vaccine. A lot of people take, 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 that they don't want to take it. To, to each their own, bro. But like, you know, we're in some, some travel groups on Facebook. And I just see these, these people request, like talking about going here and going there. And it was like, man, they're just traveling like there's not a pandemic going on. You know, like for me, uh, for me to feel comfortable as a global citizen traveling, um, I would need to know that I'll be tested. Like there's some kind of, I would have to produce some kind of test, you know, that oh, way there's that reassurance. Yeah. yeah, so, but right now, like a lot of countries aren't, aren't, aren't that really um, strict on it. You know what I mean? So. If, they, if there's some, some international protocols saying, like, I got to get tested on this side, and then on the first two days of my trip, then I got to get tested again, then, then I feel a lot more confident as a, as a traveler. But uh, the, the itch isn't really there. You know, obviously, I, I miss it. I miss traveling. I love, you know, that's how I reward myself, right? I don't really go out and all that stuff during the, during the, the, the work day and all that. But during the holiday, like right now, I just had a, I had a week off. And I'm just in Saudi, just chilling, you know? Last year I was in, where was I? I was in Mauritius, I think. Yeah, so, um, you know, just looking at my Facebook memories popped up and I see all these pictures of my last travel vacation. I was like, damn, you know? It's crazy what can happen in a year. Like last year I was out here living life and now this year I'm just in the house cooped up, you know? And it's crazy. Going outside wearing masks and all that. But uh it's uh it's funny. So so regardless of what happens, you just want you just want to go, right? So there's a few there's a few there's a few countries that are opening up to US citizens, right? But you're yeah. saying that you you're it's, really it's most I mean it's right? mostly it's mostly um you know in the Caribbean, Mexico, Dubai is open to US citizens. Um, that's about it. You know, it's not, it's not too, it's not too many, especially me living out here in the Middle East, there's not too many places that are close by that are open up. So, you know, yeah, but honestly, yeah, for now, I'm now. staying put, stacking my money, um, trying to make <laughs> these plays, trying to get this, uh, 
these uh, second and third streams of incomes going. So I'm holding right, it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's the one benefit of all this craziness is that, you know, it opened up a lot of live eyes and we just got to really readjust our, our plans, right? We don't got to throw out our plans, just make the adjustments. You know, that that multiple streams of income is very important. You know, it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate, like just like you are in terms of my, my job really taking care of us through all the madness. Like in the education industry internationally, we saw a lot of schools getting shut down because there's no enrollment to sustain, you know, the, the salaries of these for these teachers and all that. So it got real. It got real. It got real out here. You know, a lot of a lot of yeah. a lot of people were asked to reduce their salaries and all that. But uh, alhamdulillah, you know, my 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 situation wasn't affected. In fact, in fact, you know, they 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 went above and beyond to make sure that we were good. So um, at my in my situation, well-being not only for the students but for the teachers was a, a priority. And it uh, definitely shifted um, my perspective on the school. Like I, I didn't really didn't realize how good I had it until like the situation happened. To be honest with you. Yeah. All right. So. Time to sign out. But next episode, you, we talked a lot about, you know, the need for that, uh, those multiple streams of income. You know, we have different, we, we definitely have some different perspectives uh, on investing. And we definitely, you yeah. know, my, D, one of the, the number one thing I get in my, in my DMs is like, yo, what are you buying when it comes to stocks? And it's always the same thing. Like, bro, I don't oh, buy individual man. stocks. I buy the market. And then you, on the other hand, is like, F that, bro. You, you, gotta, you just got to buy this and that and this you and gotta that. Lock, so. You got to lock in, man. A couple of, uh, shout out. I've been following Ty Capital, Capital on um, IG. He, he's all on locking on some good companies. And that's all you really need for, for the market, you know? So that, that's the kind nah, of I'm on. You know, sometimes I, I put it, I, I, I let the, I, I do robo-investing. I let the computer do its work. But... At this point, I'm like, I'm going big on some companies I believe in. Yeah, but you're out here trying to find the next COVID vaccine and investing in the next respirators company and all that, you know. Yo, I'll be out there. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Yo, they say it's a (laughs) pandemic. Yo, it's been a pandemic, man. Like, I've been making a lot of money in the stock market during COVID. Like we want to, right. we want to get into this next episode. <laughs> All right, but the real money bag episode, not that Mayweather nonsense. All right, man, All right. Black Sand Podcast. We're back. Right. Signing out. Right, peace. Peace.